the time, and all the time, God is good. He's just been so good, and this is the first Sunday, um, just um, text, if we can turn the heat off, anybody else hot besides me? Yeah, see, we're all like, (laughs) that's a female somewhere, right? Somebody saying no, yeah, no, it's cold in here. (laughs) Well, we have blankets, don't we? I don't know if we do, but we'll pre- you can have my sweater. And anyway, we're just so, we're so glad you're with us today. Starting off two services, we had 65 or 70 people here in the first service. And uh, just believe in God for great things for Marion. I'm telling you all, Marion is alive. God's going to do some stuff here, and he's going to use you to do it. We've been talking about vision. So, you know, I would rather go to the eye doctor. We do actually have an eye doctor who attends this church, and he is awesome. So if you need eye stuff. Man, this guy's the guy to talk to, uh, Dr. Greg Farrell. I don't know if he's here this morning, but um, you need to see him or I'll hook you up. There's a little plug, but man, he is amazing. Anyway, um, you know, I'd rather go to the eye doctor than the dentist. I love dentists and we need them. Boy, I'm, uh, it's a lot painless to go to the eye doctor. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can, how's that? And that? Is this good? Is this good? I don't like that one. So anyway, we're talking about vision, not just in the um, natural, but in the spiritual, if we're getting our, our vision checked. And let me just say, you cannot build your future in the dark. You can't build your future in the dark just by, you know, I hope this happens, I wish, or whatever. And we never do anything because anything that affects your vision is going to impair your mobility. If it affects the way you see things, it's going to affect the way you do things. And so we need to keep that in mind. So... Maybe in the natural we see fine, but in this series, we're talking this week again about vision. In the next two weeks, we'll continue to talk about it. But how we see it and how we can accomplish what God is helping us to accomplish. But seeing God, if we can see God in things, and if we... How many knows it matters who you hang out with? Because if we start hanging out with people that are challenging us to go to the next level, we start, we start talking like them. We, we start, you know, oh, man, we need to do that. Sometimes we don't see things the way we're, we need to be seeing things, and somebody can come in and say, no, 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 no. We're, uh, I mean, there's all of us, I think, we've had times in our life where we were half-glass empty people. And then somebody showed us something different, and we started, even though the glass, what was in the glass didn't change, we saw it different, so we changed. Instead of being half empty, we're like, hey, I'm half full. So now I can change a little bit. I'd rather, God, let me work from what I got instead of just like it's not enough. Start where you are, do what you got, use what you can, and God will do great things. We talked last week about three things. We talked about you getting a vision statement for who you are, what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, what's, you know, what does God want you to do? Do you got dreams? Talk about a purpose. So vision statement or mission statement, what you're going to do. So you know, that's what you're going to state. True Life Church, live life on purpose. That's our vision or mission statement. So that's great. We were able to say that. So then now we look at our purpose. Why are we going to do that? So what are you going to do? What is your purpose? What is your mission? You know, so what are you going to do? And then have some goals. How are you going to do it? Steps needed to get that done. One of the things we do to live life on purpose, we are bringing the kingdom of God to Marion and surrounding communities. That's, that's our, we want to do that. Get as many people saved into the kingdom as we can. Fill up heaven, empty out hell. That's what I say. So we're going to do that, and we're going to do some of the ways that we start establishing how people are gifted so that we can use them, and God can use them in the kingdom to affect this community, is by growth track. So we help people figure out what they do best, what they like to do, who they are. Speaking of growth track, I teach growth track one. I'm the one that does that. Today, because of the circumstances of what's going on, service is over, I'm going to get with my wife and my daughter and, and my son-in-law and make sure they're all right. So I'm not going to be teaching growth track today. So if you're interested in that, I will teach it next month, and you can still next week jump in on growth track number two and all of that kind of stuff. So that's all good. I, I'm believing they're fine, so that's why I'm just saying I'm just going to, to help and support. <laughs> but how many would believe we need a plan? You need a plan to, uh, to get where you're going. If you don't write it down, the Bible says to make it plain. So if you don't write it down, how do you know you're going to be successful? I, you know, I, when I had to lose weight, and I've got more that I'm going, you know, I'm going to lose. I got through the holidays. 
bless God. And so now, you know, I've got another goal. I've got a goal that I want to do and how I'm going to do it and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm practicing what I'm preaching, but I, you know, I dropped a bunch of weight in in a short amount of time, but I had to have a plan. Now, this is my point. How do you know if you're successful if you don't have any way to measure what you're doing? How do you know if you're successful if your goal is to lose weight if you never get on the scale? How are you ever going to know if you lost any? I worked for a a pastor that he said, I know I'm losing weight, which sometimes you can tell if you're losing weight. You know your body because your clothes fit different. He goes, I know because I've I've moved another notch on my belt. I said, well, wow, how many pounds is that? He goes, I think every notch is 10 pounds. I said, how do you know that? He goes, well, everybody knows that. I had never heard that before. But, you know, if that works, I guess, I don't know. But if you want to be accurate, then so how do we do that? How do we, so for me to know that I was successful, I had to have some goals and go, all right, let me set these. What do I weigh now? You know, I used to get on the scale and it would say, one at a time, please. <laughs> you know, those kind of things. And I started saying, this is not good. God has better for my life than this. But so to, to get to that point, I have to make an effort to find out, God, what do you want me to do and how am I going to do it? So this is what I'm saying. You need to write the vision in your house and make it plain. You need to figure out what's your household going to do. If you're just a mama and two kids, this is what you're going to do. Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. You're going to do the dishes. You're going to do the trash. You're going to keep your room cleaned up. You're going to help me do this. You're going to help me sweep. If you don't, not just a mom and two kids, and you're a whole family, that's all cool. You figure out what your vision is. We gave our kids chores. We did not pay them for chores. We paid them for extra things. I am not going to pay my child to do the dishes of food that I bought, dishes that I bought, food that I fixed. They eat it, and I'm going to pay them for that. No. I paid my kids. We said, listen, this is is what we expect from you. You live here. You're going to help us. We will provide the food, but you will help us keep everything clean. You'll make your beds. You'll keep your rooms clean. Sometimes they balked at that. But for the most part, they just did their part. Now, if we did anything outside of that, like when we lived out in another house, we cut wood to keep the house warm. Me and the boys would go cut wood. I would give them money for every wagon full that we cut. And so my son, Sam, he was all about that. Dad, if we hurry, we can get three loads today. And Zach would be, shut up. (laughs) And Sam would be like, we need the money. And he goes, you can have the money. I don't want to be out here. But, I mean, he worked and did everything he was supposed to do. But we just, we, we worked together. We established the authority of the house. This is when bedtime is. Come on. You got to, you, you parents need some time when it's just not your kids pulling on your leg going, I want, I want, I want. <laughs> I get this from a grandpa. You know, he's around. <laughs> so, we, we, took, we took Mal when she was two and a half, and Zach was just a baby. We went to Tennessee, and we, we were staying with some friends in Tennessee. Love the state of Tennessee. Beautiful. It's, you know, gorgeous and all that kind of stuff. Well, it was, I don't know what time it was. I'm going to say it was 8.30 or 9 o'clock, and we said, okay, Mallory, it's, it's time for bed. And she goes, okay. And these people looked at us like, and we, we noticed they were staring at us, and we just took her in the room they told us to stay in, and we... We prayed and, you know, told her, prayed with her and everything like that. She was good. We didn't hear nothing from her anymore. You know, and Zach, we put him down. They're like, how did you do that? We're like, do, do what? Get them to go to bed. Because we established the plan. Here's the plan. Here's what we're doing. You're not in charge. Here's when you're going to sleep. And my kids, there's one time, Mallory, she cried for an hour and 45 minutes. Daddy! Daddy! And we had a gate up, and we'd go back, and I said, Mallory Brooke, you lay down in bed. I'm not going to sleep. Then don't go to sleep, but you get in your bed and just stay there. I'm not. You will get in your bed. I'll get in my bed. You'll stay there. I'll stay there, but I will not sleep. You can get your doll babies, you can do whatever, but you just stay in your bed, and I will be right out here. Don't you yell, because I'm not going to come back. So pretty soon you'd hear, Daddy! (laughs) Mallory, we're out here. Daddy! I'm thirsty. You just had a drink. I'm thirsty. Nope. 
Daddy! Come back here and spank me! True story. We are like, no, we're not doing that. But an hour and 45 minutes, and she finally fell asleep in her bed, and she only did it that one night. She never did it again. Mallory was awesome because we could tell her something, and once we told her, she was like, she logged it back in the brain, you know, and she was just like, okay, I'm not doing that. Whatever, I'll do it. So it was amazing. What is your plan? Take the plan for your house. Start calling things the way they should be. This is when we're going to bed. This is what we're doing. Here's how we do this. This is your job. Vision, purpose, goals. I want to talk to some radical people today that are willing to talk to the invisible. Come on. Is it over here or over here? You're willing to say, you know what, I'm going to speak some things. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of status quo. I'm tired of just walking through this motion. God, I need something to change. What is your vision? Let's unpack this together. Here's our first thought. Live large and in charge. Now, I'm not talking about just weight-wise. I was living large and in charge back then. But I, want, I still i am going to live less large, but not in the spirit. Speak to 2019. Start telling 2019, this is God. There's a new sheriff in town. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to speak over my house. I'm going to speak blessing to my finances. I'm going to speak health and wellness to my family. God, I'm going to speak to my vehicles. I'm going to speak to my debt. I'm going to speak to my bank account. Lord Jesus, I'm going to do whatever you call me to do. This is my year. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to get it in place. I'm going to get it in order. It's not going to be like every other year. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. I'm going to talk about the goodness of God wherever I go. I'm going to speak it, believe it, live it, and do it. I have people that, you know, this year I want, my, I want to get married this year. You know, if you're a girl and you want to get married, you got to... You, if you're going to stay in your house all day and look like Alice from the Brady Bunch, he's not going to find you unless he's a sweeper salesman. You're going to have to get out. You're going to have to get alive. You're going to have to do something. You know, and if that's not, maybe you're a single guy and you're like, you know, I want to find the girl of my dreams. Probably not going to find her just staying in your house. Start living your life. God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to do? How can I infect the kingdom and do the things you've called me to do? It's time for you to live life. It's time for you to get involved. It's time to find a small group and start making friends. It's time to go shopping. How many times have you ever heard a man tell your wife to go shopping? You said that in the first service. <laughs> Kimball just, I don't, she doesn't need any help to go shopping. That's a ministry in itself. She has an anointing for that. This is your year. This is your time. This is the year it's going to happen. Give your neighbor a high five and say, my story's about to change. The atmosphere around you and your household is going to be different. It's going to be different because you have changed. Your vision has changed. You're changing how you are. Get pictures of what you want. Look at it every day. I had to get pictures for me. I had to see myself thin again. I'm like, man, I, wow. I don't even remember looking like Because we get so used to each other. You know, when we look in the mirror, this is this. How many knows that sometimes you look at a picture and you're like, do I really look like that? I looked in the mirror, it didn't look like that. Because we see ourselves a little different than the picture does, don't we? Pictures can be scary. <laughs> but God told Abraham, just, you know, it's just stuff. I mean, sometimes you just need a picture. Lord, on these goals, show me a picture. What would it be like? To not have to worry if a solicitor is going to call you or a bank's going to call you and demanding. What would it be like to be free of that? So you got to start speaking and putting your hand to your finances. You got to get a plan. You got to get a vision. You got to get a goal. What would it be like if it was losing weight to be that way? Get a picture of that. What would it be like to say, I want to pay and not have a debt to this and all this card be paid off? Put paid in full. What would it be like to be able to go on vacation? And not have to worry about that. What would it be like to do Christmas and not have to pay for it for five years? Because you charged it. What would it be like? So put pictures on your phone, your dashboard, your refrigerator, your mirror, your vision board. Tell yourself, this is where I'm heading. There's no turning back. No bailing. It's as good as done. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
You need to hear yourself say your vision. You need to build your faith up by saying and speaking those things that you're believing to come to pass. The Bible also says in Romans to call things as not as though they are. Last week we talked about Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 through 8. We don't have to read them today. But we talked about Isaiah being called the eagle eye prophet because he had the ability to see things. Not just you know where you were or where you've been but even in the future in such great detail. So they called him the eagle eye prophet. And in this particular scripture it's kind of setting the foundation of, of him doing what he does. And in the end of the scripture he's saying you know what I'm not, I, I haven't done this right. I wasn't talking right. I've, I'm not doing everything right but I'm I'm changing that we found out there's a correlation between what we believe and what we say jesus said out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks there's a connection between what's in your heart and what's in your mouth if you can't speak right you don't think right what happens and how many have thought this you've ever gotten mad and said something you regret I mean, it doesn't mean that you, you maybe in, in your mind or your heart there was some slight truth, but because you're mad and you're hurt, you just want to say something that you know would hurt. I think we've all been there. If you want to know who people really are, let them talk. Just listen. Let them talk for about five minutes, and you can find out where they're at or where they're going or what's going on. Just listen. Years ago, <clears throat> I don't know when they did this, but the, in the ocean, there's pipelines that are run to factories and different things that they had to run under the ocean. And what they did is then they'd have people that was obviously had to be periodically checked, and then they would find if there was ever a leak, obviously, in the ocean, there would be you know, that pressure or the bubble leak. So my point is, the problem wasn't the leak. The leak indicated where something was about to erupt. So the leak was just showing you, here's the pressure. My, what happens is people, we have different types of people. There are people that are extroverted. They're very much, hi, how are you? Ooh, good, great, great. Yeah, I'll come. Ooh. And there's almost, they don't know a stranger. My mom would lead a wooden Indian to Christ. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's a true story. We, when I was a kid, we, you know, she just got saved. I wasn't, I don't know when she got, I don't know how old I was when she got saved. We'd be in line in the checkout line the speedy line and she's trying to witness to the cashier and there's 25 people trying to check out and some of them are going lady and my mom if you were to die today what would you know i mean she's just going at it anyway extrovert you might be an introvert i don't like talking to people i don't like being around people i just like you know i like being in my house being in my own little bubble and i mean the less i have to do with people the better you might be some, some person like that, that you don't like the limelight. You like, I'm a back, you know, stage person or that, whatever that is. But what I'm telling you is this is our thought number two. Pressure is released through your mouth. Pressure gets released through your mouth. So if you are one of these people that you're able to vent, and if we are smart about it, we all do it in a good way, but sometimes we don't do it in a good way. Statistics say if you hold it all in, if you can't express yourself, you're more likely to have nervous breakdown because you can't relieve it. Now, I'm not saying that's true, but your heart will release pressure, and it does it by your mouth. I've worked on an assembly line, and I, you know, there have been people, the best of people. And if they get behind or something happens, you know, you ever shut your finger in your car door? If there's something in your heart, it'll come out right about then. You'll find out exactly, Russell, 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 Russell. <laughs> and then you'll look around and go, I can't, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> the principle is this. What goes in here comes out here. What goes in here comes out here. If, and, and this is what happens. We give life, good or bad, to it when we speak it. Now, this is where the enemy is good at. He puts things in your mind. He can't read your mind because he's not omnipresent or omniscient like God is. But he can put thought. He'll, he'll throw suggestions at you. How many knows he's good at that? And so when he does that, now, this is what happens in your belief system. You give them life on when you speak them. You can speak them. I'm not believing that. No. That's why Jesus said it is written. He went right back to the word. And that's how he fought the enemy. It is written. Boom, and he would say the word. That's what we need to do. 
We need to say when you have a thought that doesn't line up with this word, then you need to say what's in the word because you are then hearing, faith comes by hearing, who am I helping today? And, and hearing by the word of God. So when you say that, you are proclaiming what God is saying. So whether we give it life or death depends on us. And when we hear ourselves speak, that's great. When you begin to speak your vision, you begin to say, you know, I'm doing this. I'm believing God for this. And see that come to pass. It's an amazing thing because you see God do it. We have a vision board in our house. Now, we don't have the vision board down in the main room where everybody can see it. It's not that there's anything on there they couldn't see. But because the vision is for Kim and I. So because it's for her and I, it's personal and it's more private. It's, it's not private that you couldn't see it. It's just like this is things that we are believing for. So on that board is, is stuff where we have like my uh, Acadia. The, you see me driving Acadia. We had on there paid in full. I don't owe anything on my Acadia. There was a time where I did owe on the Acadia, but God made a way for me to pay the Acadia off. So I put paid in full. That's on the vision board. She wanted a Volkswagen, so she had a little keychain with a blue VW on it. Now, her car wasn't blue, but she ended up getting a Volkswagen that was red, a little bug that was red. So it was on the vision board. Now, I've sold the bug. So she has something else. But my point is, it was all on the vision board. Stuff that we needed to be paid off on the vision board. Stuff that we're believing to go in this year on the vision board. And so that we would see it and we would proclaim it and hear ourselves say the vision and see it come to pass. The Bible says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Now, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. God just doesn't want to bless you. And when we think of blessing, a lot of us think just prosperity. I'm talking about, isn't it nice just to have peace? Just to have joy. So, I mean, just, you know, as our soul prospers. So, not only does he want us to have enough to pay our bills and all that. He wants you to be a, I think Christians should be the most happy people around. Does it mean that stuff doesn't happen to you? No, crap still happens to you. But it's what you do with that and how, again, half full, half empty. How do you declare your faith? And so we begin to do that and we start looking at those things. We, everything in the kingdom happens by confessing with our mouth, Believing in our heart and not doubting. When you got saved, you confessed. Jesus was Lord. You were saved, according to the scripture. You believed in your heart. How many, when you got saved, felt saved? It's okay. How many of you ever felt any time since you've been saved that you're not saved? Oh, man. It doesn't, your feelings can go like this. They don't change the fact of whether you're saved or whether you're not. The fact is, the word says, if I confess with my mouth, I believe with my heart, and do not doubt, I'm saved. It doesn't matter about my feelings. So if you're talking about, I've got goals, but I don't feel like I'm going to get them. When does your feelings come into this? Your obedience is what God is looking for. What's he told you to do? I'm going to do that. I'm going to confess that. I'm going to believe that. Do you know he has more faith in you than you probably have in you? And you're like, Brett, I am a mess. Let me just say something real quick. Jesus had 12 disciples, take away Judas, had 11. Now think about this. Judas, he had the best teacher in the world. He's got God. He's walking with God. And he still screwed up. Oh, I'll let that sink in for just a minute. I mean, if you can walk with Jesus, sleep, talk, break bread, and you still can't seem to catch anything but your own 30 pieces of silver, you got issues, man. Your words... Or the word, your words, your heart. Take the word. Put your words to match the word and get your heart in line with the word. So your heart, your words, and the word. Make it, you'll hear me pray. Father, I pray that it lines up with the word. Why? Because his word says it never comes back void. Everything that his word does, it gets accomplished. We have to believe it and send it and, and do all of the things that we're supposed to do and proclaim it and declare it and stand on it.
God says his word. So I'm, I'm good with that. Lord, let me, let me do your word. It's not enough to just write it. It's, it's got to, you got to speak about it. You got to declare it. You got to hear yourself say it. You got to talk about it. It has to be part of who you are. You, you get something that you got a great idea about, and it's, it's hard to keep quiet about. You know, if you have a, you find a good recipe or something, and it's like amazing, or you get a new, you know, I don't know why I'm telling you about diets and diet plans. You get, oh, and I want to tell everybody, or this or that. Or maybe it's something else. You found some, you know, new gadget for the kitchen, and, you know, coffee is real big now. Now you have the Nespresso. <laughs> you know, most of us, I'm just a dude, just give me a cup of joe. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't even know what I'm ordering if I go to Starbucks. I might as well be in France. Parlez-vous français? <laughs> my wife and my daughter have to tell me word for word what to tell them. Hi, welcome to Starbucks. Can I take your order? I wish, but I have, what am I wanting? <laughs> and they'll tell me, I want this, no whip, no flat, no And if I get it wrong, they'll be like, no, 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 no. And then, uh, you know, the people try to report, you know, I don't even know what I said. Can't you just say small coffee? Put some cream in it. Enjoy the rest of your day at Cedar Point. It doesn't work that way now. Now everything is, you know. It's not enough just to write it, but speak it, declare it. You got to let your heart hear your mouth know where you're going. Let your heart hear your mouth know where you're going. You can get yourself into agreement with that. Now, it's not important that everybody in this place is in agreement with me on everything I do. I have, I've preached in front of people that hate me. I don't want them to hate me, but they've sat in the front row. Not this church, thank the Lord. But they've sat in the front row with Bibles at hand, different versions. And if I give a scripture, they're... <laughs> he said it right. They're just waiting on some mistake or whatever. Let me just say, you're not in agreement with me. It's not going to, it might hinder you because you got bitterness or you're trying to find something. It's not going to hinder me. Listen, and it won't hinder you if you get an agreement for what God has to say about your future. Because if you're in agreement with what God says and you declare it from your heart, no demon in hell can stop what God wants to do with you for his kingdom. Come into agreement with yourself and with the word of God. You can move something from one realm to another by speaking and believing what you spoke. That's why we call things that are not as though they are. I mean, I got to speak to 180 youth on Thursday, and I got to tell them. There's there a young man that was just here a week ago, and he said, hey, pastor, would you pray for me? And I said, sure. What do you need? He said, my arm hurts. He said, my arm's been hurting. I said, it does. He said, yeah. I said, what can't you do? And he goes, can't do that i can't pick it up past that i said that's it he goes that's it so i put my hand on his elbow and i i mean like five seconds how long does it take god i said father in the name of jesus god i line this elbow up with your word be healed in jesus name i said now move your arm and he goes (laughs) and i'm just saying That's what I'm telling these students. They're saying, is that how it works? I said, that's it. Confess with your mouth. Believe with your heart. Do not doubt. It's the same with your vision. Get your vision out. Speak it so you can hear it. And make it plain so you can run with it. Isaiah saying what he was saying. He said, I haven't been talking right. And neither have my peeps. I I need to change that. I love Romans 12 too. I don't have that scripture up, but Romans 12 too just says, don't, you know, don't copy all the things of the world, but it says, let God transform your mind, changing the way you think. Then you will know what's good and pleasing in the perfect will of God. If God can help me change the way I think, sometimes I just don't think right. And so God, help me think the way you think. Help me see something the way you see it. You see, sometimes we see ourselves as failures and God doesn't see that. He sees potential. I'm going to change the way I speak because I'm going to change the way I think. So if I can change the way I think, then what comes out of my mouth is going to be different. This year I'm going to start remolding. I'm going to start doing the things that God wants me to do. 
the way he wants me to do it. In the church, we're, we're redoing the kids' wing. We're, we're going to, I don't know what, how we're going to do I mean, we're just, we're studying about plans and putting it in phases. We want to do whatever moves the needle so the kids are like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's our goal. How he's going to do it, we don't know, but he got us this building. You know, we started, I met with an architect yesterday. And, and he went into just the stuff that they have to do. You know, well, if a company does this, and I mean, he's just telling you honestly, here's all the permit fees. And they were in like twenty dollars and $30,000 just for permits. We're not even talking about doing work. We're just like for permits. And, uh, you know, we're sitting there, and this is what's, you know, just kind of like, and then I started thinking, you know what? God, you got me this building. This building you put to True Life Church. 20,000, 30,000, 500,000, a million. It, your arm is not whacked short according to Numbers eleven twenty three. Father, you can do everything you've called us to do. I just give it to you in Jesus' name. I will not be overwhelmed. Father, I declare it done. And, you, you know, you can do the math however you want to do it. We're going to cast our cares on the Lord because he's the one that will take care of them. Now, when we got the, this church, I had to meet with the bank president. I had to meet with the, the, uh, the teller or the loan officer. But the bank president or whoever, he, he wanted to meet me. And so I met him and he went to the other building before you know, we were trying to purchase this building. And this is what they asked me. What is your plan? What is your five-year plan? What do you see? Now, to a bank, he calls, how many people do you have? They call people giving units. We just call you people. But they don't mean it bad. They're just doing the math. But they, on, now, listen to what I'm saying. On the basis of what I shared, on the basis of a five-year plan, on the basis of the numbers I brought of what we've done in the past, the revenue, what we had in the bank, and what we were doing, they said, I like you. We'll do it. So that brings us to our last thought today. God is your source. He'll release provision when you believe him for it and put it in motion. Now, I have people that have said, oh, you shouldn't have done it. You should have all bought it cash. I would have loved to have had the cash. But the building came at me. I didn't come at the building. So maybe my faith needed to grow and I just needed something to have the cash. But at that point, we didn't have, you know, $500,000 in cash on hand. I could have wrote a check. It had bounced, but I could have wrote it. <laughs> You have that? Sure, let me write that for you. <laughs> Don't cash it. <laughs> <laughs> but I believe that they're going to be amazed and I, that we'll be able to get this paid off and be able to help fund the other side. God will do it quicker than I think you think. I mean, there's just, I, I, I can only begin to tell you the, the greatness and goodness of God. The stuff that we would just say, we, we would stay where we were only because of our own lack of motivation. We whined to God a lot. I told you this before. Lord, we don't even have, we, we can't go on vacation. We don't have any money. We can't go on vacation. And God said, you don't even save a dollar. I didn't need to hear that. Keep your thoughts to yourself, God. But we started saying, you know what? He's right. So we, we started, okay, let's mark this. So then guess what I did? I gathered my family and said, we we're going to go on vacation. And you're all going to help us because you all got jobs. Let's do it. So we all said we're going to put all our change in this, in this jar right here. Everything we make for change, it just goes in this jar. Did you know that that jar paid for the cabin? Paid cash for it. With no fun rolling the coin. But, you know, it paid cash for it. And, but it was, it was amazing that God would do the things that he does when we put our hand to it. When we started believing God for things, things started happening. Things would happen. I mean, I, I can't tell you life is all roses and cherries. It's not. He told me one time, I called my dad's in the building. He told me, he said, I need you to buy this house. 
There was a brown house. I didn't want the brown house. Didn't like the brown house. It was just not a house I wanted. And God said, if you buy the house, I will take care of you. And when he told me that, I was talking to him on the phone. And God showed me in the church I was pastoring, there was a reflection that came through. And there was a rainbow that shined on the floor. And a rainbow is a promise. Now, right now, people say it means something else. But I'm telling you, that's not its original meaning. So, you know, I just believe that, you know, okay, God, I'll do it. So we bought the house. In nine months, we went through a bunch of stuff in that house where the enemy was trying to tell me this is wrong, you shouldn't do this, whatever. And we stood our ground. Nine months, we turned around and sold that house. Help me, somebody, $30,000. Boom, just like that. Went over and put $30,000 on another house, walked in and just hung our stuff on the wall. They said, she'll never be in that house, it won't happen. And God said, she'll be in that house sitting in front of her fireplace Christmas Eve. And at Christmas Eve, my beautiful wife was sitting in front of her fireplace with boxes around, hands in the air saying, thank you, Jesus. He will shut the people's mouth that tell you that he can't do it. His arm is certainly long enough. It'll be quicker than you think. Some of the issue we have is when there's people that get successful and then they tell them, you know, you want to find out, how'd you do that? When we went on vacation to Michigan for years, there's guys, we call them the walleye boys. And they would go out and they would catch these big walleye, bring them back. And at the camp, there was a fish house where you could clean your fish. And they would come and they would come in at night, just at dusk. They'd clean these big fish. The fish light house would be on. Everybody in the camp would be gathered around as these walleye boys would just be filleting their fish. My dad nudged me and he said, go find out where they caught them. I said, all right. So, you know, dun, 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 dun. So I go and I went to those guys because I'm just a kid. I'm 12 years old. And I'm thinking, I'll put my cute face on. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I was just wondering, where did you catch those fish at? This is the answer I got. The water. <laughs> so I went back to my dad. He said, did you ask him? I said, I did. He said, what did they say? I said, the water. My dad said, We'll follow them. <laughs> so that was the plan. We would follow the walleye boys to wherever their secret spot was. So that's what we did. We followed them. And there's a whole other story on faith in that part. We went clear out, and they were clear out at a place called Red Pine from where on Mullet Lake was three miles from the mouth of where we came out. But it looked like you could just throw it a stone a couple times and get it. But, you know, in water, it's kind of tricky. We went clear out there, and we had a five-and-a-horse Five and a half horsepower motor. That was on high. So here we are. And I got a friend. I took a friend with me on vacation that week. I didn't share this in the first service. I took a friend with me on vacation that week. And so we had Larry, me, mom, and dad. Mom was at front, probably being pooped on by seagulls, but she was up front. You laugh, but man, that woman was a target. There she is. <laughs> So we're going out there, and it's about, you know, it's getting close to nighttime, and we had running lights on this little rowboat, you know. It took us 30 minutes to go to Red Pine in this boat. And he's got it opened up. And we get there, and there the walleye boys are. And some other people had figured out, hey, they're catching fish. So there's a couple other boats, bigger size than ours. And we started putting our lines out there, and Larry was out there. Now, Larry was just a friend who lived down the street. And you saw this black cloud just going, just coming. You started seeing these boats. You could hear their anchors coming up. And these people, and they're taking off. And dad's like, we got to get out of here. There's a storm coming. Before we could get out of there, we were in swells that we, I couldn't see anything but ocean. Well, I say ocean. It seemed like an ocean when you're 12. But it was just, all I could see was water. We'd go down and come up, and that motor would come out of the water and go, blah, 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 poof. And, you know, and I, my dad had this goofy-looking hat on and had his hood up over his hat. And my mom was in the front of that boat, and the running light was shining on her face, and wind and rain were hitting her face, and she was praying in tongues. She was speaking, and Larry looked at me and said, what's she saying? 
<laughs> My mom can say a lot of things, but I don't know half the time, you know. But I knew what she was doing because I had seen her do it many times before. And dad said to me, he said, get down in the bottom of the boat. Because we were sitting on these, you know, there's three slats in the rowboat. He said, sit in the bottom. And the bottom was already getting full of water. And, and it wasn't looking good. The other boats had taken off. And he said, we can't make it back. And I looked at my dad. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean we can't make it back? Now, I, I, was a, I knew how to swim really well. He grabbed my shoulder and he said, I want you to take care of your mother. Now, I'm on the floor of the boat. Larry is on the middle. And Larry's like, we're going to die. <laughs> Shut up, Larry. <laughs> and dad said, I'll take care of Larry. You take care of your mom. Because he's like, I can't take care of both. And in his mind, Larry was his responsibility. Because he'd come on vacation with us. And I'm like, my, I focused on my mother because I was like, nothing's happening to her. Dad said, we can't make it back. And he turned, this is a true story. He turned and he saw a light off the shore the other way. And he said, I'm, and I, I mean, I can't, it's almost like a Charles Engels story. I can't hardly hear him. He goes, I'm going for the light. I'm like, okay. And he turns the boat and we start, he's heading, you know, and again, it's not moving fast, but, I mean, it's coming out of the water, and you're hearing the engine propeller, and blah, 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 boom. And all I can see is the swells, and they were big for uh, Mullet Lake. Mullet Lake's like 11 miles wide. And we head for that. By the time we got close to that, people had jumped in the water to get the boat, and our boat was almost probably half full of water. So we wouldn't have lasted a whole lot longer, and they helped us get in. And it happened to be, of all things, the cabin that the light he shown was uh, used to be the minister of the Methodist Church here in town, and they came out and they got us dry and they called back to camp because camp was all worried that we were out and bigger boats were going to try to search for us. And they said, "No, we got them." When we had to go back the next day and get the boat, I had to bail it out. That was my job. <laughs> Thanks, Pop. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, I got you here alive. Be quiet." My my point is is this, you're going you're to have things that happen because we live in a world where things happen. But you're going to have to make it plain. You're going to have to tell yourself, here's my can-dos and my cannot-dos. Here's what I will do and what I will not do. Here's what I declare and what I will not relent on. Do I got some people in this building that will say, you know what, I'm going to do what God tells me to do and that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to listen to the enemy in 2019. God, you're going to help change the way I think. Father, I don't care if the swells get big because you will put a light out there and help me get to where I'm supposed to go. What is my goal? What is my purpose? What is my vision? What am I going to do? How am I going to get there? God, with you and me, we can do anything. Start putting your faith in the one that can make it happen. Start putting the authority that he gave to you and delegate it. Start telling the enemy, I'm tired of you stepping on me. It's time you started running from me for a change. Start telling him who's boss in your house. God will get the glory. You've got to give yourself permission to succeed. Sometimes I just had to tell myself, sometimes I, we don't have such good viewpoints of ourselves. Maybe we had a bad childhood or we didn't grow up with positive reinforcement. I had good parents and, you know, so that, but what if you didn't? What if you all, you got stuff that was just like, you'll never do this or you'll never do that. Or maybe you didn't have parents at all. Maybe you kind of helped raise yourself. So you're going to have to pick your bootstraps up somewhere along the line. I can't change the past. You can't change the past, but you can do something about your future. You can pull yourself up and say, God, it might not have been what I wanted back then, but thank God you're with me now. I'm not where I was, but God, I am on my way to somewhere where you're taking me. And start doing what God is calling you to do. And start believing that you will succeed. See yourself debt free. What would it be like to not have bills for that credit card? What would it be like to have no car payment? What would it be like to have money for Christmas that you didn't have to charge? What would it be like? Start seeing yourself that way. God, how do I accomplish that? God says in Isaiah 6 and 8, well, is Isaiah, God says, well, who will go for us? Isaiah says, send me. 
You see, it's not about your ability. What about your availability? What if, what if you could just be available? And I had to remove, I know it's 11.35, give me five more minutes and I'm done, okay? How many give me five more minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, no. Just. <laughs> I never got past the third grade. No, I did. I had to remove one time uh, a church that the Lord had put me in. I had to remove the entire platform. And there was a, there was a division. You know, some, some of you are called to, to help this house in the vision God has given you. Many of you are. I'm, I'm glad of that. You know, but if, if there's vision, like, I want this to be this, I want that to be that, then that's division, and the house doesn't run that way. It, it has to run in one direction that God wants it to run. So vision and unity, that's what the house needs. But in that particular church, now, we started this church from scratch in our living room, uh, 17 people. Christina and her family probably made up the majority of them. And then my family had six, so I'm just saying. They had probably 10. <laughs> <laughs> so throw another one in there somewhere, and that's how we started. But what I'm saying is I had to remove everybody. And the one person was uh, the worship leader. And this is, what, this is before we went out on Sunday morning. There's all this stuff had come to a head. All their diabolical scheme and plan had come to a head. And, and I said, I need, I need everybody off the platform. I don't want anybody on there. And she, she looked at me, and she said, who's going to lead your worship now? Worked her neck like that and before I could say anything Pastor Kim dun 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 she said I will lead worship for you honey I said okay and she led worship for me until she trained Mallory and Pickering well not Pickering in this church actually that she led worship for me for years my my, my point is you're going to have to um Decide how true you want to stay to what God has called you to do. Because there is a price. Anybody can flip and flop back and forth. We've all done that from time to time. But I'm believing that God will do it in, in your lifetime, your availability. I didn't know Kim would do that. But yes, she did. When we were on staff in... in Dayton, she had told the Lord, I don't want to do worship. Because she liked, and I don't understand this because she was a cheerleader. And, and, but she liked playing the keyboard behind everybody. She didn't want anybody to know. She back there. <laughs> and, and so when she, the Lord was already telling her, you need to lead worship. Because I was a worship leader on staff at that point, And you need to do this and you need to help lead that and play. And she didn't want to do that. And she goes, Lord, I'm... This is all I can do. And here's her, his answer to her. That's good enough. That's all he said. My friends, to you, it's your availability. You might think you're not anything. And God says, you are good enough. You have to start where you are. Use what you got and do what you can. This is your story. This is your song. This is your vision. This will happen this year to you. Things will start to get in place. You have to own it and you have to take charge of it. This will happen. You are here for a reason. I feel in this place there's new businesses. There's ideas and concepts. There's going to be ways that God may tell you how to do something that will change everything. And see, you might not see it now, but I'm here to tell you it will change everything. Pastor Gary shares a story of somebody in his church that they just got an idea about selling these puppies. And so they said, okay. And so they, they did what God said, and they, they had enough. They put their hand to it, and they went ahead and got a pup and got another one. And then they sold these puppies. The puppies paid off their house. It just exploded. And I don't know what kind of dogs they were. Expensive ones, evidently. But they give God the credit for it. They never had the idea before, but it was just at the right time, at the right season. They had that idea. They paid off all their debt. They paid off their house. They started putting money in savings and retirement, all because of an idea or concept. If it can happen to them, it can happen to you. It just means that you're going to have to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? I am available. Here I am, Lord. Send me. 
Deuteronomy 1.11, and then I'm closing. May the Lord, the God of your ancestors, multiply you a thousand times more and bless you as he promised. More favor, more freedom, more energy. You see, it's not enough just to be a leader. <coughs> you have to have people that follow you. The kids have to look like the daddy. John Maxwell says, if you're going for a walk and nobody's following you, that's all you're doing is walking. So you want to lead. Start saying, God, how do I lead my family? What can I do? What are the things I need? Believe the word of God and live it out loud. Here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. And I know it's close to five minutes, so I'm going to be quick. Really, I don't even have a watch on, so you know, I, I can't look at the clock back there. But here's what happened. When we were in the, the church where I re, removed the whole team, and then God grew it from there, um, to make a long story short, we were on WIC. We were on wealth, all those stuff, peanut butter, all that stuff. You know, we didn't, and we had people saying, oh, we lived in a camper, you know, and all of that. It, it was an experience, but God did it. I mean, we were, we were blessed uh, to be able to, to do what he told us to do. So it was all good. But what I'm telling you is, she got this unction. You ever get an unction? She said, honey, I think we should believe God for more money and a salary. And I said, okay, well, what? She said, no, I'm serious. I mean, let's tithe like we have it now. But if we tithe like we have it now, we don't have it now. And she's like, I know. So I said, okay, what do you want? Now, my first thought would be, I'd like to have Donald Trump's salary. <laughs> but I, I don't know what the tithe on that would be. <laughs> uh, he wouldn't pay the tax. No, don't, that's, that's live. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, President, you would. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, then we, we picked out an amount together we came in agreement for. Okay, this is what we believe is a good livable income. It's reasonable. It's good. And so we started tithing on that as if we were making that. When Pickerington opened up, the Lord told me to take that church. And it was Assembly of God Church, and he told me to take that church. And we had people in the other church that said, you're just taking that because of the money. I'm here to tell you, as God is my witness, I did not even know what the salary package was. All I knew was I was supposed to take it. I agreed to it before, and they, even they said, don't you want to know? And I said, no. It, I mean, you can tell me later, but I'm supposed to go, so I'll go and do whatever I need to do. So I didn't even know. Do you know what the salary package was? It was the exact amount that we had been tithing in the other place. My friends, I'm just trying to tell you. I'm not trying to tell you that I'm pulling these things out of the air because I got nothing to say. I'm telling you I've walked this walk, and I still got more to learn, but God will be faithful to do to you what he's done for me. Get the vision, get your purpose, get your goals, and put your hand to it. Bow your heads and close your eyes.